like to welcome you to our Wednesday night service and we got another message in the series of unnamed servants and saints in the Bible and there's so much that we can learn through these stories that God placed in his holy word for us to learn from and to uh, help us and encourage us and challenge us in these days and if you, every one of these messages, if you go back and look at every one of those servants, they were there for a specific reason at a specific time for a very specific purpose to accomplish what God had for them to do. And, and may the Lord help us. You know, we, we may never have our names written on periodicals or on the front cover of a magazine or make the headlines, you know, uh, or maybe you're not even going to write a book. But you know what? We can be faithful. We can be found faithful. And uh, we, can, we can just do what God's put on our hearts to do as we follow His Word. And that's so important. God will never put anything on our heart that's not already in His Word that He hasn't commanded. And that's why I encourage people, get a verse. <laughs> Say, well, God wants me to do this. Do you have a verse for it? Do you have something there that, that you can have from the Word of God that, uh, that will guide you, direct you, and keep you, by the way? It'll keep you there. And uh, you won't ever doubt what God's given you in the light. And when you go through times of darkness, if you got something from His Word. And a lot of people like to operate on feelings and things like that. But hey, we're, we're not to operate on feelings. Now, God made us an emotional being. That's for sure. We do have feelings, but uh, it needs to be uh, uh, faith, uh, facts, and then feelings at the very end of that. And uh, may the Lord help us tonight. But if you'd like to find your place in 1 Samuel chapter 14, 1 Samuel chapter 14, I'd like to welcome those that are tuning in with us now uh, by the way of the internet. We thank God for your presence with us. Please pray for us as we meet here. We're glad that you're tuning in, that you're listening in. And I trust again that this message will be a blessing and a help to you and an encouragement to, to live for God in the days, that, in these dark days that we're living in. And you can be a light for Him. And you can accomplish God's purpose for your life in the days that we're living in. And we're going to see this. And uh, there's a battle going on. There's a battle raging. But inside that battle, there's other battles that are taking place, smaller battles, if you would. And, and uh, we, we know that we're in a spiritual warfare. Warfare. The Bible tells us that. We understand that. But inside that warfare, there's even more little battles that take place that maybe nobody else will even take note of, that the ones that you face all alone, not just as a church, but you face at your home. And, and, uh, but the Lord can give us the victory. And uh, He can save by many or by few. And I'm sure I'm glad that we serve a mighty God and to Him be all the honor and glory. I trust you found your place in 1 Samuel chapter 14. Let's start reading in verse 1. Now it came to pass upon a day. You know, you never know what a day is going to bring forth. 
You never know what opportunity you're going to have in a day, but you better be prepared. You better be ready for it. It says that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over to the Philistines' garrison. That is on the other side. For he told, but he told not his father. And Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migran. And the people that were with him were about 600 men. And Ahi, the son of Ahitub, and Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, wearing an ephod. And the people knew not that Jonathan was gone. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over unto the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Bozes, and the name of the other Sina. The forefront of the one was situate northward over against Michmash, and the other southward over against Gibeah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over into the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Underline those words right there. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, and we will discover ourselves unto them. If they say thus unto us, Tarry until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place, and will not go up unto them. But if they say thus, Come up unto us, then we will go up, for the Lord hath delivered them into our hand, and this shall be a sign unto us." And both of them discovered themselves unto the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines says, Behold, the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they had hid themselves. And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan, his armor bearer, and said, Come up to us, and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said unto his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord hath delivered them into the hand of Israel." And Jonathan climbed up upon his hands and upon his feet and his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer slew after him. And that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within, as it were, a half acre of land which a yoke of oxen might plow. Here again, we have a servant who is not known to us. Well, this, this young man, this armor bearer, this young servant of Jonathan's, uh, we don't know his name, uh, but Jonathan knew him. His parents knew him, but in God's wisdom, he chose to keep his name, the name of this servant from us. Uh, he chose to keep it unnamed. Uh, these unnamed servants and saints that you find in the Bible that make up the pages of this most precious book. Uh, matter of fact, it's the most precious book in the whole world. Uh, that they, they, they were not recognized for who they were. There was a lot of names we mentioned here. Saul, Saul was under a pomegranate, just taking it easy, sipping him a little tea, their iced tea or something, while somebody else was fighting a battle for it. That sounds familiar, don't it? That's what he was known for. But in God's wisdom, he chose to keep these people's names unknown because they weren't known for who they were, but they were, un, they were known for what they did. And can I just say that you too will be known for what you did, 
for Christ. Many Christians, they'll, they'll seek to make a name for themselves in this world and, and instead of being known for what they do in this world. Many young preachers will get caught, even older preachers will get caught up by wanting a name for themselves instead of just doing what God has called them to do. The fact that this servants, uh, these servants are unnamed, it did not stop them from accomplishing great things that God had for them to do. There are more unnamed servants than they are named servants in the Lord's work. A church's pastor may be known, but it's the unnamed servants who labor with the pastor who make it all happen. And that's all by the grace of God. But God did not put us here to build a name for ourselves, but to lift up the name of Jesus. And look at verse 45 with me. And the people said unto Saul, and this is afterwards, you know, Saul had made some some stupid remark that nobody was supposed to eat, nobody was supposed to do anything, but yet he was underneath the pomegranate tree there the whole time. You know, he wasn't exerting much energy on anything, but he told everybody else, you know, you ain't going to be able to eat. Well, Jonathan wasn't there when that proclamation was made, and he wound up getting some honey, and it opened up his eyes, gave him some strength, gave him some energy, and things like that. But then you get this verse 45, and listen to what it says. And the people said unto Saul, Shall Jonathan die who hath wrought this great salvation in Israel? Wait a minute. Who did it? Who, who wrought this great salvation? Do, do you see the armor bearer anywhere here? You don't see him. Look, it says, who, who? Jonathan, who hath wrought this great salvation in Israel, God forbid, as the Lord liveth, there shall not one hair of his head fall to the ground, for he, who, who's he? The armor bearer? No, Jonathan. He hath wrought with God this day. So the people rescued who? Jonathan. Not the Jonathan that he died not. Uh, you see, there's no mention in this passage of the armor bearer. There's no glory that's given to the armor bearer. And, but he was there. And he fall right behind Jonathan, but there's no credit given to him. What Jesus teach us in Luke chapter 17 and verse 10. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. You see, here's an illustration in the Old Testament of a New Testament principle and truth that's taught here to, to us as disciples. And we can look at this story and say, this is how God wants us to be. This is how God wants us to react. Even when God gives us a great victory and God does something great in our life, Jesus said, hey, just say you're an unprofitable servant. Oh my, it's all about Him. We ought to lift His name up. Boy, we live in a day where Christians think that they, if they don't get immediate thumbs up or immediately get some form of recognition or a pat on the back for their accomplishments or everything that they do, then they get their feelings hurt. You know, people check in to church on Facebook. They'll even, during the service, they'll look on Facebook to see who liked them being at church. God help us. Can I just remind you that our rewards are laid up in heaven. We don't have to be patted on the back and, oh man, that was great. That was wonderful. 
And oh man, I'm so glad you came to church today. Well, I am glad. I'm glad you're here. I thank God for you. But my goodness, we ought not to come wanting somebody to pat us on the back just because we made it to church, which is our reasonable duty, right? That's just our, our reasonable service for the Lord that we ought to do. But I like what this unnamed servant said here. In verse 7 of chapter 14, he says, And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. He said, man, you go ahead and go and I'm behind you. I've got you back. I'm with you. I'm there for you. And you don't have to worry. You can go forward and I'm going to be right there with you to support you right there in the battle. Number one, we see that this servant was united with Jonathan in heart. Here's a servant that was not seeking his own glory. He knew his place and he fulfilled his purpose. He had one job to do and that job was to back up Jonathan. He wasn't seeking to make a name for himself and he sure wasn't trying to tell Jonathan what to do. Hey, can I remind you that over the New Testament, there's one there named Peter. He messed up big time in this area. Turn with me to Matthew. Keep your place here, but turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 in your Bible. And Matthew 16 and verse 21, it says, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Now right here, that, that armor bearer, that had, had he been there, he would have said, hey, you do whatever's in thy heart, I'm with you. I'm going with you. He, he wouldn't have offered anything that would say, hey, don't do that. But what does Peter do? Verse 22, then Peter took him and began to what? Rebuke him. <laughs> Rebuking the Lord, rebuking Jesus. Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. You know what Peter should have done? He should have stopped for a minute. Hey, when Jesus said what he had, he ought to have thought about what Jesus had said, and he ought to have went back to the Old Testament that was written for our learning and for our admonition so that we could learn some principles and some facts here that are given to us. And these stories were written so that we might grow and, and, and have good illustrations to follow here. And he ought to have remembered this story and he had ought to have told Jesus the same thing that that armor bearer had said. He should have said, whatever's in your heart. Whatever's in your heart, I'm with you. Go ahead and turn thee. I'm behind you. I'm coming with you. But you know, even old Doubting Thomas got it. And we give old Doubting Thomas, we call him Doubting Thomas, but we give him a bad rap, don't we? But over in the book of John and, and, and verse chapter 11, Thomas got it when the others didn't. Jesus said, we need to go to Judea. 
And the disciples said, hey, Jesus, don't you remember that last time you were there, they tried to, you know, they tried to kill you. Matter of fact, they wanted to stone you. And uh, you sure you want to go back? But then old Thomas piped up and said, let us also go that we may die with him. Who's that sound like? That sounds like that servant, that unnamed servant back in that Old Testament that supported Jonathan. You know, Jonathan, let's just face it, he had a pretty wild idea. I mean, I, you know, I mean, here he is thinking. He looks over at the young man that, that held his armor. He said, hey, I feel like whooping some Philistines today. I don't want to be over there with my dad sitting underneath a pomegranate tree and sipping on some iced tea. He said, I, I want to whoop some Philistines today. He said, I tell you what, matter of fact, let's leave those 600 soldiers that are over there with my dad and let's just me and you go take on that garrison by ourselves. You know, but Jonathan's servant didn't say, be it far from thee, Jonathan. Jonathan's servant says, do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. There's a big difference from what Peter said to Jesus here. Jesus wasn't going up against a garrison of Philistines. Uh, No, he was dying for your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the whole world. Uh, Jesus was going to climb up a mountain uh, called Mount Calvary. uh, And in the will of God, he would lay down his life uh, to save whosoever believeth uh, in him. Uh, What a great victory Jesus won that day. But Jonathan, he, he won a great victory for Israel. But it was nothing compared to what Jesus did on Mount Calvary through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Jesus told the disciples there in verse 24 of Matthew 16, it said, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Uh, you see, Jonathan's servant, you know what he did? He denied himself. Uh, he took up his cross uh, and he followed Jonathan up the mountain and in the battle. This unnamed Old Testament service, servant was united with Jonathan in heart. They had one heart. He didn't have a different outlook than Jonathan did. You know, many divisions will come within a church when people's hearts are not united as one. You see, Peter, he, he thought he knew better than Jesus. But you know what this, saint, this, this unnamed saint did? Hey, look, he had a place, he had a position. I'm telling you, he was valuable. But you know what? He knew his place. He knew his position. He knew the value that he had. And it was to be who God had placed him there to be and to support Jonathan. Peter thought he knew better than Jesus. Old Peter just had it all figured out. How many church... Divisions happen because of that, because somebody thinks that they got it all figured out, that they know better than someone else. They're better suited for something. All that's rooted in pride. You remember Peter? Pride, who's who's mentioned right there beside this story? Satan, pride. Let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 14. 1 Samuel chapter 14, number one, we got Jonathan's servant was united with Jonathan in heart. 
But not only that, he was united in purpose. You see, he wasn't trying to do his own thing. He, he wasn't trying to run his thing. And, you know, he wasn't working some little side angle or something like that uh, while Jonathan was doing his. You see, the battle was of the Lord's. And as long as Jonathan was following the Lord, uh, then the servant said, I'm with you. Whatever's in thine heart, I'm with you. Look at verse 7 again with me. And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, and we will discover ourselves unto them. If they say thus unto us, Tarry until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and will not go up unto them. But if they say thus, Come up unto us, then we will go up, for the Lord hath delivered them unto our hand, and this shall be a sign unto us. And listen to this, verse 11, And both of them... And both of them discovered themselves unto the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistine says, Behold, the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they had hid themselves. And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we'll show you a thing. And Jonathan said in his armor bearer, Come up after me. For the Lord hath delivered them into the hand of Israel. You see right here, it ain't about Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan is just as humble as this armor bearer because even him, it's not about him. Oh, it was for Israel. Jonathan and his servant, they were united in purpose. They were simply following the Lord. They knew that the battle was of the Lord. They knew that the Lord was the one that would have to give them the victory that day. Can I just remind you that we do not labor for ourselves. We ought to be actively involved in the work of the Lord. And here at Friendship, this church has been here 51 years. And matter of fact, there's nobody here in this church now that was a member back then 51 years ago. Hey, this this church has been here before any of us were here and if God tarries it'll be here long after we're called up to heaven it'll still be here this is not our work it's the Lord's work it's God's love for Myrtle Beach they knew that Israel would benefit from these efforts everything that we do here and Friendship Baptist Church is to give honor and glory to the Lord. And everything that we do benefits others as well. When the gospel goes out, the light shines brighter. When a soul gets saved, you know what it does? It'll impact a family. Whether it's a child or whether it's a, a, a parent or a grandparent. Uh, when a soul gets saved, uh, it will have an impact on a family. It will impact a community. It will impact a workplace. It's going to impact a school. Uh, it will impact a church. Uh, and it will impact uh, the world. In Acts 2.41 it says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Uh, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. The more that we learn of the Lord, the more that we get closer to Him, then the more we're going to act like Him. The more that we give of our time, our talents, and our treasures to the Lord, then the more treasures we lay up in heaven, and the more we're going to reap down here. 
You see, Jonathan here is a type of Christ who was willing to lay his life down at the will of God for Israel. Jesus, in the will of God, laid down his life for the world. Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. This unnamed armor bearer, he too is a type or a picture of Christ because he said these words, Do all that is in thine heart, turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. That kind of sounds like the same words that Jesus said, Not my will, but thine be done. You see, he too was willing to lay his life down at Jonathan's service. He too was devoted to his master's will. But right here's the question for us tonight. How devoted are we to the master's will? I think a lot of Christians prefer to be underneath the pomegranate tree with King Saul. They like to hide in the numbers. But my, we, we, we need some, some people that's going to be willing to stand out and wrought great victories for Jesus This unnamed servant was united in heart with Jonathan. He was united in purpose with Jonathan, but he was also, number three, he was united in faith with Jonathan. One was from a royal family. The other one came from an unknown family. But you know what they had in common? They had in common was their faith in God. Look at verse 6 with me again. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over into the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. If they were going to get the victory, it's not going to be because they were in the best position. Matter of fact, the Philistines had the high ground. And any military personnel, anybody that served in the military before, they'll tell you that the high ground is, is normally the best place to be. Not in all conditions, but in most times, it's the, you want the high ground. If they were going to get the victory, it wasn't because they outnumbered the enemy. The Bible says there was just two of them. And the Philistines had a garrison If they were going to get the victory, it wasn't because they had the element of surprise that was going for them. No, the Bible said they were going to have to discover themselves to the Philistines. If they were going to get the victory, it's not because they could rely on their own abilities. Jonathan said, if the Lord would work for us, uh, for there's no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. What Jesus tell us, In the New Testament, Matthew 28, 18, he says, All power is given unto me. We understand that we cannot go without his power. Hey, it's he that strengthens us and keeps us and supplies our needs and gives us the ability to go forward. And any victory that God ever gives us, it's all because of him. It has nothing to do with us. How are they planning on winning this great battle for the Lord? It's a simple answer. By faith. So how do we apply that to our situation? You know, it may seem like in the days that we're living in that the enemy's got the high ground. Wickedness is all around. But can I remind you of Romans chapter 5 and verse 20? 
It says, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, and it might have sin abound in the days that we're living in, grace did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Hey, it appears uh, if you if you take a good look and if you're aware of what's going on, uh, even in our country, it appears uh, that we're outnumbered. It, it appears that those that were standing for the truth and, and, and living for God and doing right and holding on to the King James Bible, many of them have turned. And it seems like uh, many of them have went and parked themselves up underneath the pomegranate tree and, and they're just comfortable there with their 600 and, and, but they're not willing to get out there and, and, and stand for the Lord. Uh, here we have about 30 adult members, 33, 34 adult members here and, but yet there's, there's 100,000 homes in our community within 20 minutes from this church. Uh, there's 100,000 homes. Uh, how can 30 to 40 adult members get the victory? How can they do it? Well, just like Jonathan and this unnamed servant, we're going to have to discover ourselves to those in our community. We're going to have to go soul winning. We're going to, we send out buses. We mail out gospel mailers. We support missionaries. We, we hand out tracts uh, and we witness and give personal witnesses both on the job and in other places. You see, the enemy there had no problem recognizing Jonathan and his armor bearer. They knew exactly who they were. You see, you can't camouflage yourself and, and think that you're going to get the victory as a Christian you can't be an undercover Christian. You're going to have to put yourself out there so God can use you. We're going to have to get out of our comfort zone. If we're going to see God do great things for us and, and work for us, then we cannot rely on our own abilities. Who are we to think that we can reach every home uh, at least once with the gospel of Jesus Christ within a 20-minute area uh, uh, of our church here. We can't, but God can. Not only can we reach our community, oh, but we can help others reach their communities. Uh, just a year ago there, two years ago, we sent out 5,000 gospel mailers to the Cherokee Nation up in Cherokee, North Carolina. Twice in one year, we was able to mail out gospel mailers there and, and help a, a local pastor that's trying to reach those folks. Uh, we, we, we partnered with another young man that God burdened his heart to reach his community in Samora, North Carolina, in Roxborough, North Carolina. And, and God allowed us to enter into their labors and even do more than what we were already doing here. You know what we can do? We can influence others to do more in their community. That's what Jonathan did. He said, come on, let's go. And they jumped in. He jumped on board with Jonathan. We can support missionaries. We can take on more missionaries to reach the world. You see, Jonathan and his unnamed servant, they could not do it themselves. But they had faith in God who could give the victory by few or by many. Where do you think Jonathan got his faith to trust God? Where do you think that came from? It's the same place that you and I get our faith. It's not based on the circumstances because anybody would have said, hey, that's foolish what you're doing, Jonathan. 
Anybody would have looked at that and said, man, the odds of you winning this is little, but with the Lord, they're great. Where did he get the faith to accomplish that, to go forward and watch God work for him? He got it from the Word of God. It's the same place that you and I get our faith. You, you, you know, in Romans ten seventeen it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Did you think maybe that Jonathan went back in time, and he went back in his mind to that story about Gideon, where God used 300 men to defeat 100,000 plus soldiers. It says, in, it says that in, in Judge 7, that, and the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for a multitude and their camels were without number as the sand by the seaside for a multitude. That's a lot of people. If you go on down to Judges chapter 8, it says that there was at least 120,000 that fell on that day of battle there and 15,000 more would fall. How did Jonathan know that God could save by few or by many? He got his faith from the Word of God. How are we going to do what God's put in our heart? It's going to have to be by faith. Jesus says, all power is given unto me. Then he says, go ye therefore. You see, Jonathan and his unnamed servant recognized that God had all power. God is able but right here's the question. But will we unite with God in heart? If we're going to fulfill our theme verse for, uh, for this year in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10, it says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, then we're going to have to be united with God in heart. Not only in heart, but in purpose and in faith. And we're going to see God give us more great victories as He works for us. This unnamed servant was not concerned with his will, but he made himself available to Jonathan's will. He wasn't concerned about getting the credit, but just getting the job done for the Lord. Boy, thank God for the unnamed servants. But here's the question that God would ask each person here tonight. How do we compare to Jonathan's servant? Are we united with God in heart? Are, are we united with God in purpose? Are we united with God in faith?